0: Hey, this is Julian Hayes II, founder of The Art of Fitness in Life. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannutzis.
1: is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Hey, listeners, welcome back to a wonderful episode again. I have a wonderful guest with me. His name is Julian Hayes II. He's an author, an executive health and corporate wellness consultant, and the founder of The Art of Fitness and Life. His mission is to help entrepreneurs, executives, and high-achieving individuals live healthier, richer, and longer lives so they can run around with their great-great-grandchildren. Not just see them, but be around, right? And this mission is accomplished through uh, Precision Performance Longevity. He is also the host of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. And lastly, he's written 300-plus articles, with a majority published in the world's largest publications, such as Inc., entrepreneur, success, and many more. Julian, a massive welcome to you.
0: Welcome, Dennis. Thank you so much for having me on. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Awesome. Now, I always ask my guests, whereabouts are you in the world today? Beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, the country music capital
1: of the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I would love to go there one day and looking forward to it. Now, I know who I can look up when I get there, so I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. I would be more than happy to be a tour guide.
1: Excellent. Now, you and I have talked a little bit about, um, uh, well, I've actually given the the listeners a little bit of an introduction about you. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to share about your background?
0: No, I think, you know, I'm a curious person. And as we get into this discussion of leadership, leadership is something that I didn't really think about. It's more something I was very reluctant about. And I think it was just chosen and bestowed upon me. And I had to accept it. Ah. And so is that
1: how you got into leadership? It was sort of just put on top and on, onto you?
0: I think whereas most people, when they think about leadership, it becomes in the form of, of a job or something. Whereas for me, it became more in my personal life. When my father became ill and I'm an only child, it became something of more of me having to step up to the plate. Right. And then during that time, I learned leadership principles that, little did I know, were going to help me in my professional life.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. That's good to know. Tell me something. I mean, you're working with people around lifestyle, health, and so forth. And mm-hmm. in the introduction to this podcast, talk about executive excellence and personal well-being. And I think to be to have that executive excellence, we have to be you know in our optimum health as well, and and looking after. And what we're finding is all sorts of things. And as we go through today's discussion, I really want to tap into those different things about the health side of things because I think it's it's really important for people. Everyone goes, yeah, 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 I know, I need to do this, and need to do that, but they they don't do it, and they pay lip service to it. So as we get into this, it's going to be really exciting to talk about it. What do you think is one thing that leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners need to
0: understand about health and fitness? To be proactive instead of reactive. Nice. Yeah. Because if you think about this in business, and even from a company culture standpoint, Sometimes you have these little issues that come up, right? And I look at it like a crack in a dam. It's so insignificant, so small, that we just kind of overlook it. And we just go about our way. And then all of a sudden, this small crack leads to a massive flooding in the corporate setting and leads to massive corporate issues. Maybe you're losing some of your best employees, which is a much more expensive endeavor when you have to bring in new people as opposed to retaining the eight, the superstars that you already have. And in the health segment, I look at this like weight loss and just weight in general, where every year we hear at the holidays times, people gain about five to six pounds. That sounds like nothing because you're going to lose most of it during the next year, but you're going to have that residual effect that keeps adding up every year. So maybe I gained seven pounds during that time, but I lose four of it. That's three extra pounds. But if we keep doing that year after year after year, this is where that, oh my goodness, how am I 20 pounds overweight? It happens so small that we don't notice. And this is why it's it's important to always be proactive instead of reactive to situations and to always think ahead and look at your health just like you look at the stock markets and investing. You're always thinking long-term down the line. Like the decision that I'm doing today Yes, it matters today, but more importantly, what future is it creating as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's really good. I, I I love what you say there, and the proactive versus reactive, so spot on. I think it's uh, definitely one where leaders, uh, individuals, full stop, need to be need to be looking at it. But as you say, it's just something that you know. Oh yeah, it'll be all right type thing, and then mm-hmm. it sort of creeps up behind us, and and it will smack us from behind at times, and uh, and sometimes it's really either too late for some people or it's going to be a hard hard grind but they just need to keep going and keep working at it right
0: yes and it's an expensive endeavor you know for me i've seen the cost of healthcare, and when someone gets in that system and they can't get out it's a very expensive endeavor just like i'm sure many of the listeners have seen just how companies can blow money just from inefficient processes that are within the company and it's so big and bloated now that it's almost daunting to have to uh, to address this thing so you just leave it as is but it's massively bleeding
1: Hmm. yeah okay interesting now what i'd like to know from you is now this person could be alive or from history who is your favorite leader and why
0: mm. man it's a tough one there i have i have a couple people in mind but jfk jfk gets the nod from me and the reason why is i like jfk because one, I think he's he's one of the, our greatest presidents in the states, and but also, I think he had a great blend of charisma, being very aspirational, but also having a good team surrounding him to kind of mask his deficiencies. And so, and also, he wasn't the he was he had character flaws that we all that are well documented, and that, I think that's a very accurate portrayal of all of us that none of us we're all flawed individuals we all have deficiencies and and things that are not so good and that's that's just being human and you know he had the health issues as well and I I just think overall I think JFK is just that does that for me
1: fascinating about JFK and so forth here now Julian if you had the opportunity to sit on a park bench with him and have a coffee together, what would be one question you might want to ask him?
0: Let's pretend that he did get assassinated and he completed his presidency or actually even before that, even just during his, his terms that he did even that he did right there. I would ask him what's the one biggest mistake that he made and, and what he learned from it.
1: Mm, mm, yeah. I wonder what he would say. Yeah. Hmm. Be interesting. eh?
0: Yeah. I could, yeah, I couldn't even guess it.
1: No, but you know, just having that opportunity to sit down on a park bench and ask those kind of questions, I think it's really important. And, you know, listeners, at times, you know, life is short. If you have an opportunity to ask a leader or somebody you know that burning question that you've always wanted to ask, I would say take the opportunity to go and ask that question. Find a way to get to that person to ask questions because we can learn heaps from it. Uh,
0: Absolutely. I I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't just from sending emails just to uh people I, I liked or just... At talking to people just on the street or as I go about, I lived in New York for a little bit and just talking to people and just learning things, you would be surprised at the amount of wisdom that you can gain.
1: If I could summarize what you just said there, probably into a word, I think it's probably curious or curiosity.
0: Are you that kind of person? Absolutely. I think curiosity is my driving force. You know, a lot of things within the health firm right now with being interested in genetic testing and different biometric technologies and any sort of new interventions and things that are being added stems from curiosity of just how can we increase this potential, this threshold of what we call life.
1: Yeah. And Julian, that's something I talk to leaders about is the fact that if we are curious and we are finding out more and we're learning more about things, that will make us an even better leader. And I think even in the health industry uh, side of things, too, that as a leader perspective, we we are curious about the health side and our fitness and our exercise, exercise as the vehicle to help us to get fit. But if we're, we're, if we're learning about
0: that, that's going to make us a better leader. Absolutely. Because if you think about this, our health is, I always like to think of it as like the head of the octopus. And then these other different facets of life are those tentacles. But that head is the middle, the central thing that has those things that are governing it. So if that head is going to have a decrease or not functioning properly, then those other facets of life are not going to function properly. And so when we look at leadership, when we think of a great leaders, great leaders are charismatic, great leaders make sound decisions, great leaders are logical most of the time, but they have a little a bit of emotion as well. And so even if we just name those few things right there, and also just how they control their words and their, their verbiage, their, cog- their cognition as well, something simple as sleep has a big effect on that. You know, we have the prefrontal cortex and then we have the amygdala in our brain. These two key areas, prefrontal cortex, logic and reasoning, amygdala, a lot more emotional. And when we're sleep deprived, there's heightened activity in that amygdala and there's less activity in that prefrontal cortex. So you're having a leader that is going about his day working with others who's operating more from an emotional state rather than a logical standpoint. So of course the business decisions are not going to, be probably as ideal. But if you think about just communication, which is huge for a leader, as they're working with a team, they're probably going to be a little more agitated or just short-tempered in terms because they're in this more high emotional state. So they're going to be a little jumpy and people can feel that energy because communication verbally is 7%, but the rest of it is non-verbal. And just something from our posture the way that we are walking in the room and carrying ourselves, that is communicating already. Awesome.
1: So in other words, listeners, the way as a leader shows up is really important. And it comes down to one thing, but probably many things, but one of those things is sleep. And if you're having quality sleep, now, Julian, how long should people be sleeping for? How, how many hours should they yeah. be getting? Mm-hmm.
0: We used to think that eight hours was the gold standard. Mm. And now thanks to the genetics and a lot of different other Research studies out there, it kind of depends. So generally, what I tell people, without knowing any background on them, I typically say it's about seven hours is typically the sweet spot for most people. Now, if you have a more highly stressful life, if you're putting a lot of stress and wear and tear on your body, you're probably going to need more. So, an example for myself, I train maybe I train probably two times a day, typically. I, I go for long runs. I box sometimes. I lift weights in addition to the the work stuff. So that's a lot of extra strain on my body. So in that case, you can probably bump that up closer to eight hours.
1: Yeah, when I do my high intensity boxing session, forty five minutes, oh, I sleep like a baby. I really, it really, really does help. But it's interesting, right? So seven, eight hours. I know a lot of leaders, you know, are doing five hours, four hours, six hours, and it's just not enough. And something's going to give. Something has to give but they do come home grumpy. They do go home. They do snap at their teams as well. And I think it's really important that
0: they do have quality sleep. Uh, sleep. Absolutely, because you're, you you got to think about this. You, even if you're performing well right now on five hours of sleep, think about what's the, what's being left on the table still because our brain is, is very sophisticated. So we can get used to this state of sleep deprivation. It doesn't mean that it's ideal. So what we're doing in this time is we're existing, but we're not necessarily thriving. And there's a huge difference in those two parameters right there.
1: There, That is huge, existing versus thriving. There you go, listeners. What can you do to make sure that you are thriving and not just existing? Yeah, existing is gonna get you by, but it's about thriving. And actually this is a great segue now into the next question here, Julian, which is around the title of this show show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I mention that title or that statement,
0: what does that mean for you? When I leadership is changing. It's it's like a life metaphor that everything is ever growing and fluid, and is dynamic and evolving. And the way we think about leadership, and the way that we look at old, you know, even presidents and everything, and even old CEOs of how they were all just very stoic and never showed any emotion—that's gone out the window. I think leadership now is being a much more holistic and well rounded individual who has a high EQ and IQ as well to both balance those things.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. And listeners, do go and find out more about the IQ and the EQ side of things. I think it's really important that what Julian's just said there for you to think about. Now, leadership is changing. And the next question is. Because you and I are living in, and everyone's living in a very fast-paced, ever-changing world. In fact, because of data, social, technology, business, it's just getting faster and faster. Even in the actual health and fitness industry, it's getting faster. Now, what makes a leader successful today
0: in that fast-paced, ever-changing world? What do you think it is? Not being rigid. Mm. Not being rigid. I think Jeff Bezos said it best, as he described Amazon years ago at the very beginning. I believe he said, we are... Stubborn on our vision, but rigid on the details, something like that. I might've butchered it a little bit, but the point being is to be definitive and to know exactly what you want and where you're going and what you want, but be malleable to how you get there because things are going to change on the way. Think about so many companies that had a a great 10 year plan and then it massively got disrupted at the end of the last decade because of the the pandemic Mm. and going into this decade which we're a little bit into it now and think about the people who effectively were nimble enough to evolve with the current times and think about the head start they have whereas you still have other people that are just still uh, almost sounds archaic now not even leveraging technology as best as they could Mm. so i think that's one thing right there is to be rigid on your vision but valuable on the details
1: yeah very good and another
0: thing yeah yeah i think those those I think that's the fundamental philosophy and it's something that I think of myself is not to be too rigid mm. on the details and and that, that comes down to a little bit of stubbornness as well because a lot of times I think if we are changing our strategy, sometimes we take that personally of like we didn't do a good enough job there. So we kind of have to remove our ego from the situation.
1: Awesome. Great. Yeah, the ego side is definitely that gets in the way – for a lot of people and actually letting go and maybe moving with it. I I think that a lot of our goals might be in uh, cement or, you know, that, that big goal vision, but the goals that we set may be in sand and the things that we're doing. And so if we're too rigid about it, as you say, then we get stuck. But if we actually are able to go with the flow and change a little bit, that's great. But then there's the other side. Not that we're changing the goal every five minutes. We're not talking about that. What we're saying is that, you know, you may set the goal and it's going to be six months from now. But if it's seven months, does it really matter? Well, it depends on what it is, right? I mean, yeah, but more than likely not, no. And and this is what I find interesting in a lot of large corporates in that. And they'll they'll mention the big boss's name and they'll throw the name in and they'll say, oh, we have to have this done by Wednesday. What What's really the driver for Wednesday? It's just because someone said it, right? And so does it matter if it's Thursday and we're not putting massive stress on, on people? Probably not. For a lot of us, we're not heart surgeons. People, we're not, not going to die, but there are decisions that a lot of corporate leaders do make that could be life and death scenarios, and I get that. But what I'm talking about is what you actually be saying there, Julian, is about the rigid side of things, that sometimes we need to be a little bit more relaxed.
0: Yeah, and I think, it's, I think we mentioned this before we even recorded, about slowing down to speed up. And this world is so fast now, and it's easy to get caught in that. And... You just start going at warp speed and you get in this cycle of just doing things, but you don't take the time to even analyze, is this the right thing to do? Do we need to slightly pivot to maybe make this a more efficient thing?
1: Yeah. Or do we slow down to reflect on what's just happened, to learn from it so then we can move on? But you no, know, what people do, they just move on to the next shiny thing and uh, we never take that opportunity to learn from different areas or maybe even learn that we could have done a little bit better and tweak a little bit and then becomes a lot more efficient
0: yeah patience patience is a and this is what this is one for me especially i'm a millennial so i have a mentor that says that we you know we live in the microwave generation us millennials that the internet has kind of warped our expectations a little bit of what when to expect success? When to hit certain benchmarks in our in our lives? Because we see these outliers, and but we have to realize that that's an outlier, and it's still a low probability. And still, you can't really skip steps.
1: No, you can't. You, you've got to. You're right. So <laughs> Right there, you can't stop, skip steps at all, Julian, I want to talk more about what and on, on top of what you already said in relation to people with their health side of things as well. Because in this fast-paced, ever-changing world that we're living in, and we're talking about leaders being successful and that's, and that's you know, with, while in the whole environment, I'm finding people are physically, mentally, and emotionally tired. Now, what do I mean by this? Working from home for the last couple of years for a lot of people, a lot of them are finding it hard to come back into the office nowadays. So they're finding that hard. But what they're also finding hard is the fact that when we're working at home, we don't have the transition into the office. We don't go by train, by car, things like that and have that half hour, hour, whatever that transition is. And so when we're at home, we're working and I I say in a funny way that you go from the bedroom to the bedroom for some people because that's where the laptop is or they go into the lounge or the kitchen but they definitely don't have that transition and they're working away and they look up and it's two o'clock, whoop, I haven't had lunch yet and then they look up again because don't worry, I'll do one more email, one more meeting look up again at 7pm and haven't even had lunch still. So I think I'd love to know from you what people should be doing to help them rather than sitting at their desk all day and being lethargic and and just sitting there. What should they be doing throughout the day? Do I have to go out and run a marathon? Do I need to go out and do this gym session for 20 20 hours or two hours?
0: What should I do? I think it starts at the beginning of setting standards of performances and thinking of your body as a business, running your body like a business. Running it like a corporation, if you think about it, a corporation has a set schedule, a corporation has KPIs, has benchmarks, and this is the same thing that we can do with our health. So if we, you know, as we talked about, if we talked about what's our vision with our health and we established that, what are some of the details to get there? And then we can break that down to some of what are some of the daily details to get there? So maybe that's 60 minutes of activity. Maybe it's a 30 minute walk, depends on your level, but it's still finding time to put that into our schedule just like we would a very important corporate meeting. We would have that in our schedule. We should have our health in that schedule. And then also setting boundaries and being okay with being selfish. I know the word selfish has a bad rap. I, I wish you can get a rebranding, but being selfish is good. Really pouring into ourselves and feeling abundant and having, it, having our bucket pour over because then we can even pour into others and be a much more effective and efficient leader if we're coming in From an optimal state.
1: I like what you say. The terminology there about pouring into our bucket, so then we can actually help others. Can you give us a little bit more about what you mean by pouring into our bucket? Can you? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So there's different examples. So different people need to be filled up with different ways. So for me, I get filled up by going for a long run and an intense exercise session. It's just me out there. There's no emails. There's nothing. It's just me to clear my thoughts. Whereas other people. Maybe something like a quiet, meditative session. Taking it in the middle of the day, maybe around 12 o'clock. And it's their halftime. It's their time to check in with themselves, to say, how's the morning going? What do we have to do in the evening? Am I on track? How am I feeling? And then also taking time for themselves for lunch. So carving out time. Because I know there's a lot of people with families. And during this time where everyone's been at home, because in the States for a little bit, schools were closed as well. So you were working from home, but you also had a family the whole time and you had kids that were not that you're not used to being there as well. So it's reestablishing boundaries and finding time to pour into yourself and taking and taking that space. So for some people it can be exercise. For some people, it can be a, a meditative session. For some people, it can be checking in with their partner and making sure they're still connected in their relationship and not just in being communicative and making sure the house is running as it should at times because sometimes we get so busy with work each partner where you're not really communicating optimally and you have these little resentments building up like we talked about with the dam and then all of a sudden you have these outburst moments
1: yeah yeah okay good so that's that's some really good points here um listeners for you to I hope you're taking notes because this is really awesome and if not maybe we're on your walk listen to this podcast which is pretty cool so
0: good on you Oh, I have I have a, I have two other critical points that I think would be very be- beneficial for people. Think of this as regeneration and priming. So a regeneration routine is basically what you do before you go to sleep at night. So think about the last 60 to 90 minutes before you go to sleep. What do you need to do to feel calm, relax, and before you go to bed? And then think about priming as the first 60 to 90 minutes when you wake up in the morning. What do you need to do to feel recharged, to feel calm, and to be ready for the day? And once again, this is going to look different for different people. So for myself, I typically need to slow down and come down because typically I'm very amped up. So a lot of my stuff is to center myself and to get more into neutral. Whereas maybe some other people, they're a little more lethargic, so they need to amp their system up. So this is very personalized, but think about that last 60 to 90 minutes and the first 60 to 90 minutes and really kind of scripting that out to follow a routine Mm -hmm. because a great day starts with a great night's sleep.
1: Yeah. And so it's different for everybody, as you're saying. So Mm -hmm. for somebody before going to bed, you know, the last 60 minutes to 90 minutes, uh, devices? Should they be getting off devices? What should they be doing? Any
0: ideas? I mean, I know you said it's different for everybody, yeah. but mm-hmm. generally, what should we be doing? So typically light does disrupt sleep behavior, but this is 2022. This this is not 1922. So in a perfect world, we would have the lights dimmed. We would have candles at nighttime so we can have optimal melatonin production ready for bedtime, but that's not practical for 90 something percent of us so typically what i do is if you're going to be on a computer there's a free software called Flux. and what that does is as the sun goes down the temperature the screen color on your device is going to dim as well the only thing is if you're a designer make sure you keep that in mind because you might have some projects that come out in very different colors because remember the brightness on your screen is going to dim as well so keep that in mind and Blue blocking glasses is a great investment to have as well. So if you're going to watch TV, because I know some people watch TV or like I said, or on the computer, just to have those on and that's going to help as well. I like to take a, a bath or a shower just to relax and everything. And you can put some Epsom salt in there. If you're a bath person, that's going to be magnesium. Magnesium is typically something that is going to promote relaxation. There's different forms. The best form typically for relaxation and sleep is a glycinate. So magnesium glycinate. Is the form that you were that I would prefer if you're going to use it for sleep. And uh, let's see what else. I think the next thing is also know what you're going to do tomorrow. So, have it sounds very basic, but some people you would be surprised the amount of people that go to bed with so much on their mind because they're thinking about tomorrow. I have to do X X and X and X and X and X when it would do wonders for them to just write down. What you have to do tomorrow? What are three things I want to accomplish tomorrow? And just get that out of your system. Or even journal. Some people, journaling has helped me at times. Sometimes I just feel so amped up. I just feel so blocked. So many things running through my head. And I simply sit down for five minutes and I just write. I don't read it. It's really just to get things out of my head and just to try to get that blank space inside my mind again.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, that's great. Some
1: really good points here. What about the importance of water how how does
0: that help us water is yeah water is critical it's the foundation to to life you know we're, we're made up of predominantly water and i forgot this study but i read a study a long time ago that actually a dehydration can actually be lead to cognitive decline throughout that day not long term but just being dehydrated during the day can lead to cognitive decline and this is where we look at things as like a system so if you're not thinking as optimally then your decision-making is not as optimally. So in a professional stance, once again, this comes down to working with others. But if you look from a health standpoint, think about the afternoon binges or just making irrational food decisions just because of something that's convenient. And so you have those things, once again, that you see that our health is directly tied, not just to our physical performance, but also our professional performance as well.
1: Mm, yeah. And is there uh, like an, I, I know you're probably,
0: uh, is there a, a, an amount that we should be drinking every day around water? Yeah. So that's, once again, that's going to be highly individualized. But typically, you could probably say give or take for everyone, maybe half your weight in ounces.
1: Yeah. So for others who are in kilograms here, um, it really depends. So I think, you know, probably drinking, I, I say two to three liters a day There's probably, mm-hmm. you know, two liters, three liters is, is quite a bit. So two to three liters. So yeah, it just varies. I think for each every person, as you say.
0: Yeah, let's see. Half a liter is let's see. One and a half liters is fifty ounces. So two liters would be two liters. Yeah, about two two and a half liters Mm. for depending on your weight and everything. I'm a little heavier. So I have to, I have to, I do a little more than that. Mm. And plus I'm sweating a lot as well. And then I'm in a sauna pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah.
1: So you need to replenish a lot of that fluid, of course. And of course, coffee as well as actually dehydrates us as well as we're drinking coffee, even though it smells great and it tastes great and, and so forth. And might give us a little bit of a perk up as well, but it also can dehydrate us. And
0: that's why we need to replenish with water. That's another important thing as well. You mentioned, um, just to keep that in mind is caffeine consumption and cutting that off pretty early during the day because coffee has a half has a pretty long half-life and so that a lot of it meaning that it's still going to be in your system hours later and if you're someone like me i'm a slow metabolizer so basically my half my uh, metabolism of coffee is pretty much almost double of what the average person is just due to my genetics so for me i stop even earlier just for that reason because i'm a little more sensitive to caffeine Mm
1: -hmm. yeah okay good all right, so um, that's good. Now, you and I been employees in the past. Uh, we, you, you probably work with a lot of people who are employees today. What are their expectations? What has it changed with leaders? You know, are, are they looking at leaders differently?
0: I would say yes, and I look at the standpoint of salary, and salary is not enough now. The concept of work-life balance, which is different to most people, is much more important now. I there was a time where You could get people just because of how much salary you offer them. But now there's these other lifestyle perks. Like for some people, wellness. Does the company have a wellness program? And do they offer incentives with that? So gym memberships, maybe health coaches, and maybe it's paid you know, more pay time off or unlimited pay time off, or or the ability to be a hybrid. So it's so many different lifestyle perks. So in a nutshell, you can say a more holistic. A practice where not just looking at financials but looking at the mental the spiritual and the physical component as well when it comes to our lives mm.
1: yeah yeah definitely and that's what we're seeing is a lot of and now now at the moment right the great resignation is they're calling it around the world a lot of people are looking at things it's not just about the dollars it's about all these other things that yeah. you've just talked about
0: but this is an opportunity also, you know, you, some people can say with crisis comes opportunity. And this is an opportunity, especially for companies who maybe couldn't compete with the big boys when it comes to money and having the resources, but you can of them when it comes to being able to get creative, when it comes to be able to, to really shift the culture because you can move fast because you're not this big bloated vessel. So you can really take this feedback and implement it a lot quicker and you can attract some of this top talent with you.
1: Yeah, very cool. Now, Julian, I'm going to get you to get your crystal ball out here now and talk about the future. Where do you see leadership being in five years? I
0: see it being more and more of a a couple of things. I think being even more definitive and assertive with our vision and where we're going, I think that's even more important in today's world. I think it's so noisy. It is so noisy out there now. And I think we're in need of leaders to really step up And have some semblance of a direction and usher and also be a little more worldly and not just be so tunnel vision. And and this comes back again to the word I've been using a lot of this episode, being a lot more holistic. And when we think about leadership and when we think about the, the health, the vitality of the company, thinking of these multiple aspects of what it means to live a good life for your employees, for your team. Mm, very good. So that's cool.
1: Very cool. Now, Julian, what's really cool about this is I love what you've been sharing around the health, the exercise, the, the way we are from a holistic point of view too, and how we should be leading as leaders. It's it's really important for us to be looking at that. So uh, it's been really cool. Listen, thank you for joining us on today's show. It's been really awesome to have you here. And if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go?
0: Yeah, so the home base, and you'll see the podcast there as well, is com, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn at Julian Hayes.
1: Yeah, awesome. Say, say that last piece again.
0: Oh, yeah, I'll be on LinkedIn at Julian Hayes.
1: Yeah, very cool. Now, uh, Julian, once again, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. I enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, excellent. There you go, listeners. Run your body like a business and uh, have a holistic view in leadership and around your body, and around your health, and, uh, you know, personal well-being is really important. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released, download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now.